Hello and welcome to Football Scotland Daily, the podcast that brings you all the big news, analysis and debate Monday to Friday, just in time for your daily commute. I'm Gabby Mackay and keeping his place after an impressive first team debut last time around is Fraser Wilson. Hello! <laughs> On today's show we'll be discussing Steve Clark's latest Scotland squad and wondering whether Shea Ojo should be keeping his opinion to himself for the foreseeable future. So we'll get right into the big news of the day, which was, of course, the announcement of the Scotland squad to play Russia and San Marino. And the headline news from that was that Dundee United's Lawrence Shankland has been included in the squad. You talked a little bit about him yesterday in the context of Rangers and Celtic. But do you think this is the right call to include him in the squad for these games, Fraser? Uh, Okay, answer your question, yes. Uh, And I suppose it is a bit of a reverse ferret on my behalf, my part. Um, Shankland... What's left of this group, to be honest? Let's be honest, Gabby. What's left of this group? We're sitting second bottom with four games left. Won two out of six, lost four. This, uh, he's got four games now, Steve Clark, to try and finalise or come up with a team that's going to hit the hit these playoffs next year um, and, and peak form and give us the best chance of qualifying for Euro 2020. So... What's been the big problem recently? Scoring goals. Lawrence Shankland, what's the one thing he does? He scores goals. All right, at a lower level. But, and you'll like this one, uh, he threw in Eamon Brophy for his first game against Cyprus, Steve Clark. Is there really that much of a difference bringing in a player for the championship? And one who, let's be honest, he scored 15 goals this season, 34 last season, 29 the season before that. Boy's a goal machine. So yes, for me, it's the right call. Yeah, I would agree with you. I mean, people talk about making the step up in quality, but let's face it, he's probably not going to play against Russia. The other games against San Marino, that's not a step up in quality from the Scottish Championship, with all due respect to San Marino, who are amateur players. Most of them are semi-professional, playing in the sort of Italian lower leagues. So I don't think that's too much of a risk. And, uh, you know, he's scoring goals, he's scoring goals for fun. That's something Scotland struggled with. Lee Griffiths obviously isn't fit or he, I think he's been injured with Celtic hasn't he? Yeah, groin uh, strain. Yeah, so he's obviously can't be included in the squad. McBurney's been in there, he's still yet to score for Scotland despite being apparently these days a £20 million player. So I don't see any harm in putting him in against San Marino where he can probably maybe find the back of the net. I don't think we'll know until we see him playing against maybe better teams. I don't think anyone, probably including Steve Clark, expects him to be leading the line in those playoffs but it's a message to other players that if you're playing well enough, if you're being consistent enough, that you'll be considered no matter really what level you're playing at. Yes. And I think as well, I mean, you discussed yesterday, and I think that's absolutely right, a lot of people don't realise he's really good in the air. So when you're coming against a team like San Marino, who are obviously going to sit deep and park the bus, I think a few of them are bus drivers actually, but they'll be sitting deep, that you might be able to get a cross in and he'll get a head on it, which is something that I think, you know, I mean, we saw the the game, Alec McLeish's last game away to San Marino and okay, we won, but good God, that was a dreadful game. Ah, absolutely. I would like to think they'll go all guns blazing for San Marino at Hamden. Ryan Fraser, James Forrest, if they start Lawrence Shankland in the middle, he's going to be an endless supply, you'd like to think, of chances. I, I, Let's be honest here, what what an opportunity now for Lawrence Shankland. He's standing right in the cusp of potentially something big. He has been scouted by Rangers and Celtic, we know that, recently, understandably as well. Now he's been called into Scotland squad. Imagine one or two scenarios. Imagine he came on as a sub against Russia for 15 minutes and managed to nab a goal. Or if to, just, to make it 4-1 doesn't matter, an international goal, suddenly he'll yeah. go from there to there, sure. and uh, his valuation will also go from there to there, or he, he gets the game against San Marino, scores one or two, fingers crossed, 
no matter what, it's up to him now to, to make the most of this opportunity. And at 24 years old, I think it's 24 launch time. Yeah, I think so, yeah. This is, now, this is now the moment that he deserves and he's been waiting for that could really kick him on in his career and uh, go from being a big fish in a little pond to perhaps something much bigger. Because let's be honest, Ollie McBurney is just not happening for Ollie McBurney in Scotland. He's not coming, he's not even getting close to scoring. Um, so it's time for something different. Yeah, and I think McBurney's become a bit of a Tartan Army scapegoat. He's sort of replaced Stephen Fletcher in that role, hasn't he? I feel sorry for him. I also do I. Having watched him, I was at, what, what game was that? The Russia game, and he absolutely ran his heart out. He took a beating off that big bruising Russian defence. <laughs> He's throwing himself in with a hurt. He was completely uh, running alone for um, aye, a completely thankless task and then after all that he, he gets it in the neck from uh, a brassed off Tartan army not a nice situation no absolutely not so we're in agreement that Lawrence Shankland at least deserves deserves a chance for Scotland but there's some other inclusions in the squad which I think might have raised a few eyebrows so we'll kind of go through them one by one the one that got me was Mikey Devlin being in at centre back I mean, considering for a start that Stuart Finlay, who, okay, hasn't played, but he's been in the squad before, is fit and is playing well, what's Mikey Devlin doing in that Scotland squad? Without his partner in crime, Scott McKenna, especially. Um, is it possibly just Steve Clark um, trying to keep a, a wee bit of normality to his squad, um, a familiar, familiarity, sorry, to his squad? You know, Gordon Strachan was famed for having the almost the club atmosphere, the, the same group of guys, the same spine to his team. Devlin's usually there or thereabouts in the squad. I think he was in the last squad. I'm sure he was in the bench for the... the, the yeah, Russia I think he was, but games. Finlay was injured for the last squad. I mean, he'd Aye. been in the two before that, and he's obviously a player that Clark knows, knows well. Well, yeah, I'm trying to give you an explanation here, Gabby. I'm, I'm trying my hardest. I like Stuart Finlay. I'm, I'm not convinced he's a lot... Any better than Mikey Devlin? This whole Scotland defence is cursed by average averageness. Really struggling. We know there's problems at both ends of the park, and um, that that that's the biggest worry for me. Maybe it's just that Devlin's right footy because I think all our other centre backs are left footed. You right. look at Mulgrew, you look at McKenna, you look at Finlay. They're all left footed. So maybe yep. it's just having a right footed centre back in there. That, that's totally right. I mean, I think three of the back four that started against Belgium were all left footed. Um, it's a very good point. Yeah, I mean, you could imagine that you'll end up with um, all of the back four being left-footed because if you think if Tierney gets fit, he might play it right back instead mm. of O'Donnell. So you'll end up just with a back four that are all left-footed, potentially. It's a scary thought. It is. <laughs> Sorry Nothing to... against left-footed. There are very good left-footers out there, of yeah. course. Sorry to bring up to you. So um, I've just mentioned him there, and I know he's a bit of a, a bet noir of yours. Comarnock's Stephen O'Donnell. He's in the squad. A lot of fans haven't been happy with his performances in recent weeks. Now, some would argue, okay... He's not great, maybe not cut out for top-level international football, but who else is there? What about yourself? Do you think he should be in that squad? Absolutely not. Not on recent performances. Good club player. How many of the back four could they say that about? I liked him when he was at Patrick Thistle. I like him going forward, but this is the thing about modern-day fullbacks, isn't it? There's, they always seem to be more intent and in pushing forward and showing their ability, throwing crosses in, showing their pace. But in terms of sniffing out danger and even his positioning in, in terms of defence, and let's be honest, it's Scotland is going to be in the back foot the majority of games, sadly lacking for me. Um, showing up badly right from when he was thrown in away to Israel last season. 
I thought he was given the run around by, and I, I'm sorry, I can't remember the Israeli, uh, the left winger, who, who made the difference in that horrible, horrible afternoon. Um, again, against Russia, uh, badly out position. By the end of it, didn't look like he wanted to be on the park. He knew he was having such a stinker. And um, not convinced against Belgium either. Uh, not for me. I know it's another problem position, but... Stephen O'Donnell, not for me. Well, that's what I was going to say, but who, who would you put in? I mean, um, who was the right back played against Kazakhstan? Uh, you know the one, I mean, I can't remember his name. His name's escaped me. The guy Palmer. Played. Palmer, yeah. I mean, he was rotten against Kazakhstan. I mean, I think two of the three goals came from his side. He couldn't stop the crosses. So, I mean, I'd probably agree with you. They're certainly top level international football. I don't think Stephen O'Donnell is good enough. But, I mean, you can't really... It's not. I mean, it's not really his fault that he's not good enough. He's been put in to play a role. And I'd argue that he's probably, unless... I mean, Tierney's not fit, or then he's not in the squad. So who would you have in there at right-back instead of Stephen O'Donnell? Yes, that's a million-dollar question. I um, I didn't expect you to agree with me, by the way, on Stephen O'Donnell. I've got to disagree on something. <laughs> um, well, no, well, I, well, I'm sort of defending him on the grounds that I think he's probably, at the moment, the best we've got. Right, we had this debate uh, in the last international break. Um before I suggest who I'm going to suggest, I'm disappointed that Callum Patterson, one who isn't fit obviously, no longer seems capable of playing at right back. Uh, when he looked like he was coming through as a big strong right back at Hearts, been reinvented as a striker at Cardiff, came in as an emergency right back for Scotland over in um, where was it Albania mm. and Israel, the Nations League games, and was hopeless. So yeah. Let's rule out Callum Patterson. Sorry for wasting a minute of the podcast <laughs> there. Uh, I think Richard Tate's worth a look from Motherwell. You think he's better than Stephen O'Donnell? I think he's worth a look, yeah. Defensively, I'd hope he's better. He's also got that ability to get forward and um, put crosses in the box. I think he was well up in the assist charts last season. Um, and he's untried. Um, and as I've said before, there's a few games coming up before the crucial playoffs, which are um, ripe for... For, for trying new faces and for me Richard Tate would be worth a shot at right back yeah well I mean I'm not convinced he's any better than Stephen O'Donnell I think you'd have the same issue and I also think it's easy to point the finger at O'Donnell now don't get me wrong he was up on the blooming halfway line when Russia scored the, the goal at Hamden he was hopelessly out of position but you know you know who was terrible in those two games as well Andy Robertson yes but he's the I, captain and he plays for Liverpool so he doesn't get the same level of criticism now he's obviously a better player than Stephen O'Donnell but to me, that's even more reason why he should be stepping up and doing it. O'Donnell's trying his best. His best just probably isn't good enough at that it's level. A recurring theme of O'Donnell, I, I don't want to, to be too hard on Stephen O'Donnell because he's a very good club player and it's not his fault. He's being thrown in there by Steve Clark and, to be honest, has been given instructions by Clark. He's either not carrying him out to the to, to the letter or um, he's just doing his own thing. On the other side, I, Andy Robertson seems to get dragged down by those around him. For Scotland, he's obviously got the um, cover for Liverpool at club level of uh, your Virgil van Dykes. Uh, and that allows him to bomb forward. But for Scotland, when he's trying to play the same games he plays for his club, it's just not working. Right, well, we'll move it. So moving on from Stephen O'Donnell, who's your sort of um, bet noir. Mine is, as people from this podcast will know, Ollie Burke. Ollie Buck's back in the squad. I've said before, that guy's not a footballer. He can run fast. He's got no touch. He's got no tactical awareness. He doesn't really score goals. I don't know how people have paid £15 million for him twice. 
I mean, he was compared to Gareth Bale earlier in his career, which just looks more laughable the longer we go on. We saw him at Celtic last season, rubbish. I, I, I think he's hopeless. Am I wrong? Oh, is that a bit of the Kevin Kyle's about him? Was he thrown in too early and out his depth? I don't know. The figures are absolutely staggering, obviously, as has been well quoted. Um, let's not forget the dog Steve Clark out a hole in, he, in his first match for a Scotland manager when he came on against Cyprus. Um, but no, I go along with you. It doesn't quite seem to have the finesse um, that we maybe some thought he had when he broke through at Nottingham Forest. Very much a big, powerful fast running forward but um, needs to add a lot more to his game um, it'll be interesting to see how he does in La Liga now with Alaves um, if that manages to add a wee bit of a sparkle to his game but no I'm with you on that one actually uh, I can't see really what he's done to deserve being recalled to, to this squad um, we've been saying it for years now a big season lies ahead for Ollie Burke um, he's, he's not a young boy anymore but whether it's just out his depth um, remains to be seen, but not not for me. Yeah, well, I'd agree with you on that one, obviously. And the final thing we'll talk about on the Scotland one is that a lot of people were saying, I mean, as we've said, that the group's over. It's all about preparing for these Nations League games. And a lot of people have been saying that some of the younger players should be involved. Guys like Aaron Hickey, Mikey Johnson, and particularly... Billy Gilmore, do you think these two games would have been an opportunity for Clark to maybe call up some of those guys, or do you think it's just a wee bit early for them, and Aye. he's just trying to have a settled squad? Far too early. Uh, we'll get your thoughts on this one as well, obviously. Uh, no, for me, the, these are these are gems, these are jewels, particularly Billy Gilmore, that have to be very, very carefully treated. He's only 18, still developing both as a footballer and physically, and he's in the best possible hands, obviously, down at Chelsea. And uh, learning through Frank Lampard, we've been through all that. Uh, his development seems to be going perfectly down there. To throw him in now, with the pressure Scotland's under, with the, this squad must come together every time with a, a, a kind of cloud hanging over them. It must. Let's hope it's not depressing, but I'd, I'd be surprised if it's not, uh, especially when they run out at half empty, not even half full Hamden's. Um, I think it's better where he is and Scott Gemmell's under-21 team playing with players of his own age. Um, they're also on an upward trajectory, of course, off to a cracking uh, qualifying campaign themselves. To throw him in now would be putting Billy Gilmar in danger of stalling and ruining all the hard work that's been put in over the last two or three years, both from when he went from Rangers to Chelsea. And I think if you can look beyond this qualifying campaign, two years' time, Billy Gilmore's 20 years old, a lot more Chelsea first-team games under his belt, let's hope. Still a young man, in term, even by football uh, term, in football terms. Um, I think then he will be at the edge to go in and make a real influence international level and grow as part of a midfield that will have the experienced heads of your Callum McGregor's, your John McGinn's, Stuart Armstrong's, Scott McTominay even by that point, and won't be overawed by being thrown in as an 18-year-old with all this expectation on his shoulders. It'd be very dangerous, I think, to throw him in at a stage. Likewise, Arn Hickey. 
Yeah, I would agree with you. Um, I don't actually know if Billy Gilmore is any good. I haven't actually ever seen him play, so I, I assume he is, oh, given cool. that he's been put in the Chelsea cool, team. Yeah, fearless I've, as well. Yeah, I've seen little clips of him, but I think that that's illustrative of a point. He's played, what, one game for Chelsea? He's one made, what, one start. One competitive start. start yeah. So to then put him straight into the national team at 18 years old after one competitive start, I think anybody... Okay, I know Barry Ferguson called for it. Maybe he's seen him at Rangers. But I think people, if they're clamouring for Billy Gilmore to be included, unless they're watching a lot of Chelsea youth team games, you've not seen enough of him to know if he's ready to play at that level yet. By all accounts, he is a very good player and hopefully will go on to be a very good player, a player who can give Scotland something they badly need. There's a bit of composure on the ball in the middle of the field, the ability to make a pass, the ability to dictate the tempo of a game. But to put him in at 18 just now, I think would be crazy. And Hickey, the same. I mean, he's still, what, 16, 17? 17, yeah. Yeah, and we've already got plenty of options at left-back. I don't Aye. think left-back's Rats. the issue. You've got, I mean, you've got Tierney's out, but obviously you've got Robertson, and then you've got Greg Taylor as well. Aye. There's no it's need well for... well down the list. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's only just had his first call-up to, what, Arden Hickey? Just, just had his first call-up to the under-18 squad, hasn't he? Never mind yeah, the under-21. So, Arden Hickey is a long way off Scotland first team, uh, Scotland top team call-up, particularly for the because of the names you've just mentioned that are in front of him. And the one position where we're actually world-class... Um, aye, Billy Gilmore really need to be careful of his development. He's going to be a special talent, and it's all about timing when you introduce him to the to, to Scotland's setup. Absolutely. Well, we'll talk. We're talking about uh, Billy Gilmore. Barry Ferguson wanted him to be included in the squad, and that allowed me to segue seamlessly into the next topic, which is a bit of a range of spat that we've had this week with Fergie telling Shea Ojo in no uncertain terms to put a sock in it. The unknown Liverpool man this week repeated his claim that Rangers are the best team in the country, despite Celtic having won the last nine available domestic trophies. And Ferguson responded, It's clear conference is high, but keep it in-house. That would be my message. I'd probably say another few things that I can't repeat. We can probably guess what that would be. <laughs> I like confidence in players, but when players start coming out and saying things, I don't like it. I never enjoyed it myself when I was playing, and we spoke about it a lot as a team. If we're doing well, we'll just go about our business quietly, and I prefer when players do that. Do you think Fergie's got a point here? Aye, of course. Well, let, let's let's know why we love it when players come out <laughs> in, in our business and uh, with headline grabbers like that. So it's brilliant for us and it sparked a debate. But I can imagine if you're a Rangers fan or even st- certainly Stephen Gerrard when he's waiting up to these headlines, it's just a complete roll of the eyes, isn't it? Oh no, here we go again. In this instance, Ojo's just been asked if he stands by his comments, so it's it's more difficult for him then to, to U-turn on it. Um, it goes back to, to his timing earlier in the season uh, when, he, when he first came out with his statement. Um, ill-advised, badly media-trained, perhaps. Um, aye, I think... Celtic proved that Ibrox a, a month ago that um, they are still the top dogs and Rangers have work to do this season. Not to say they, they won't do it, but um, Shiojo, um aye. It's just one of those ones that I don't think can really help anyone because, okay, if they do go in and win the league, great, but it won't make any difference. If they don't, you know Celtic fans are going to be bringing that up. The minute that title's secure, they're going to be bringing up. Ojo said they were the best team in Scotland, blah, 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 blah. I mean, we've seen it almost every year since Rangers have been in the top division. You saw Joey Barton saying he would come up and that he would run Scottish football or whatever he said, and he gets sent back by Brown. You see um, Rangers the first season they're up, had the big going for 55 banner thing at Ibrox. And every year, Celtic go on and win the league, and then that gets cast up. 
So I can imagine if you're Steven Gerrard and you've got one of your players saying something like that. And I mean, as you said, it's great for us. And he was only repeating what he'd said in the summer or standing by what he said in the summer. It's very unhelpful, I would imagine. I mean, I'm sure Steven Gerrard in that dressing room is probably saying, yeah, we're going to win the league. That's our aim. We can do it. But you'd rather your players weren't saying it publicly because I think it can only come back and bite you. I know. But, you know, part of it comes to the very top as well because Dave King has been known to come out with statements like this, hasn't he? At the start of seasons, quite often to sell season tickets, I'm sure. But, um, aye, and I suppose if you're seeing that the guy that's running your club coming out with statements like that, then maybe it's easy to jump on the bandwagon. In this instance, Sojo said that before that um, the first derby of the season at Ibrox, so he was he was quickly put back in his box by Celtic. Um, and now I suppose it, it has to stand by what he says. And, uh, yeah, because he can't really now come out and go, I was wrong, they're much better than no, us. Exactly. I mean, obviously, he, but he, he cornered himself there. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, aye, he's got uh, three more derbies at least and three quarters of the season to get himself out of that corner and prove his point. So that'll be interesting to see. Yes, it absolutely will. I just think that if you're a, if you're a team going up against a team that's won, as I said, the last nine domestic trophies, you're probably better just saying, you know, we'll try and beat them. We believe in ourselves, but obviously they're a great team. You know, the usual boring nonsense that we hate. Aye. That's probably from a media training point of Aye. view. It's probably better for him to say, but we don't like that. So please continue to make bold statements such as that. Exactly. <laughs> Good on you, Shea. Well done. Good, please. Uh, that's all from us here at Football Scotland for today. We'll be back tomorrow before 4pm, just in time to make your daily work commute that little bit more bearable. You can get more from us on Twitter, which is at football underscore Scott, and please leave us a review on iTunes too. To ask a question or to make a comment as ind- individually, you can get me on at Gaby Mackay and Fraser on... At Dunhamer79. Till tomorrow, thanks for listening.